When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Be sure to check out Black Flame Bazaar on Instagram and go to their Etsy shop and find some merch to support them. They had a giveaway on Instagram that I was lucky enough to win. And, you know, once they saw my entry, they were kind enough to send me a second prize for my dad. So now we have a matching set of koozies for us to sit around the campfire and talk about crazy stuff. Check out Black Flame Bazaar. They have quality handcrafted peculiarities. Hey there, believers. I got a great episode for you today with Chris from Squatch Survival Gear. But before I get into that, I just wanted to remind everybody that we have a Patreon set up for extra bonus content and merchandise. Um, There's all kinds of tier levels to it that you can join in at with, you know, different rewards at each level. So check us out on Patreon, The Bump Podcast. Um, Social media, you know, I've noticed that our presence is, we have a, a very wide range of audience. Um, you know, we'll have 800 on Facebook and nine on TikTok or 300 on Instagram. Uh, check us out, man. We're everywhere. Uh, get on social media. You all use the uh, Facebook page, talk to each other a little bit already, but go for it. Start posting stuff. Um, get involved on that. Uh, help the community grow, share some posts. Instagram, I'm constantly, constantly on Instagram doing updates and stuff like that. And I'm trying to get into TikTok a little bit. So uh, look us up. It's easy to find. And it's it's pretty fun. So uh, we'll go ahead and get into it. Chris is coming on. Like I said, he uh, you've, you've heard me talk a lot about Squatch Survival Gear. Well, that's his company. It's veteran-owned. Everything's made in America. Uh, honestly, I've done a lot of camping and hiking and stuff like that. And uh, plus, I was in the military. <laughs> so, but this is the best pack I've ever owned. Um, never had anything like it. it. It's a standalone kind of kind of company. So check them out. I'm not doing a, a commercial for it right here. I just want you to know where he's coming from. Um, he'll give you a little bit of background once he gets on here. Um, he goes into a Sasquatch experience or a possible Sasquatch sighting. 
Um, and then a near-death experience that he had when he was attacked by killer bees. And, uh, you know, we just, we just get into a really good conversation about everything. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And I'll shut up now and let you get to it. Uh, when I was stationed at Fort Bragg, and I was at Fort Bragg from 2000 to 2007, uh, we did, we got tasked to do this little training exercise, um, sling load. I don't know if you're familiar with sling load, but whenever you see the helicopter and it's dangling the trucks, we were doing that. Um, so they were moving people in sling loads out to an LZ landing zone out near the Uari uh, National Forest in North Carolina. So it's, it's a little bit of a helicopter ride, but not much from where we're at at Fort Bragg. Um, and that's, that's as best as my memory can tell you. <clears throat> so we're out there and uh, one of my guides, you know, flags me down. He's like, hey, sir, uh, we got a dude out there that's lost. So he's looking through a FLIR. And uh, <clears throat> we're only out there with like a remnant of like HHC and some other some other people and uh, our alpha company and HHC, you know, basically like, hey, we just picked a bunch of volunteers. And so they're setting up their little their little perimeter, their little circle or whatever. And we're with our trucks and our other stuff. And he's looking through the FLIR and he's telling me about this guy that's lost out there. And he's like, yeah, this guy must really be lost. So I go and I look through the FLIR at what he's looking at because he's just, he's got it locked on. And it looks like, looks like a person, but I'm watching it move. <clears throat> and if you spend a lot of time in night vision FLIR, people have, they move a certain way and they look a certain way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this guy was off and I couldn't figure out at the time what was off. When he moved, his movement was off. His proportions seemed a little off. And I watched him for a good 30 plus seconds or so. And then I told my guy, I'm like, hey, go ahead and laze that and tell me what distance he's at. Cause it looks like me out there walking, somebody my size. So to give you some perspective, I'm 5'10", I wear a double XL shirt and I fill it up. I'm a 23 inches wide at the shoulders, 20, 22 and change or whatever. And um, he looks like me, but not quite. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> my guy, excuse me, my guy lazes it. It's like 1,000, 1,200 meters. That's a good ways away. <clears throat> so He's asking me, he's like, well, that's gotta be a dude that's lost. And I'm, he thinks it's part of the guys that are with us. And the guys that are with us are like 90 degrees the other way on the, on the LZ. Like they're, you know, this dude is so hopelessly lost. He's never finding his way back or it's something else. So, <clears throat> We had a discussion. He asked me what I thought it was. I said, I'm going to go with Bigfoot. Ha ha. Whatever. At this point, 
I'm a believer. I haven't seen anything. I'm definitely not a skeptic because I've been reading about Bigfoot since I was a kid. I'm, let's just say I'm open to it. Right. Couple years later, there's that Finding Bigfoot episode where the two guys got on their FLIR, the Bigfoot walking from behind one tree to the other tree. Have you seen that? I'm sure you've seen yep. it. Yep. <laughs> and they tried to get Bobo to redo it. And so I watched that video and I was like, that's exactly it. That's exactly the way that thing just, um, people move a certain way. They kind of bounce up and down. They're walking in the dark. They don't, they don't yeah. move with purpose. This thing just moved, right? Like a deer, like when a deer takes off, it just goes, right? There's, there's no hesitation. There's no uncertainty there's no real thought it's like time to go we're going that i saw that video and i was like holy crap that's what i saw so <clears throat> at that point i was like okay so back then i saw a bigfoot do i wish it was closer hell yeah i'd like to have been where <laughs> billy was <laughs> but yeah. listen listening to him talk like that's all i saw right Right. And it's with me. So I got, he's like, I wish I had never seen this thing. Cause I can't imagine what he said. It was like 30, 50 yards, something like that. It was close. Um, yeah, it was, that's, that's close enough for me. And I, I know um, the human eye is so good at picking up color and shapes. And, you know, it's like, oh, the moon's pretty. You go out there and you snap it with your cell phone and you you look at it on your phone and you're like, well, that's crap because the moon looks great because your eye right. picks up so much detail. Right. <clears throat> and it's like, I totally like, Hey, he's not a professional photographer. That was a rush job. Your phone is never going to catch as much detail as your eye. Right. right. So it's always going to look a little crazy. I'm, trans I'm, I'm just going to roll straight into God. So, yeah, man. um, and this is, this is like, God is good. God saves. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is, because I was raised uh, very religious. I'm named after two saints. I'm a, sure I'm a horrible disappointment to my parents. Um, <laughs> so one of my favorite scriptures is from Romans. Don't ask me because I can't ever remember it, but it's definitely when um, Jonathan and his armor bearer went over the way. And it's, you know, God is, God is not hindered by saving by the many or by the few. I don't know if you've read that. So, <clears throat> uh, June 18th, 2014, the wife and the girls are getting up to go teach vacation Bible school. I've got my honeydew list. Because I'm work, I'm. I don't know if I was in my master's yet. I was starting to get into my master's, but I was working part time at Gold's Gym. <clears throat> and uh, so I made a list, and one of the things was the beehive in the backyard had suddenly exploded into those pictures. So I hope you can crop them in when you get the video, so people can get in a, a, an idea of how many bees there is. Well, I can go uh, ahead and I'll I'll share. A couple of pictures while you talk. Okay, that'll work. Okay. So Let me see the, the the birdhouse 
Well, I'll wait till the picture shares. <clears throat> it's definitely um, yeah, sometimes you're... sequences everything in life. So that's that's literally so when we moved into the house in like 2013, that's the amount of beehive that I had. Um, so that that birdhouse is like two feet wide and about a foot, maybe 14 inches. I'm sorry, it's two feet long and about 14 inches wide. <clears throat> it's a it's a good sized birdhouse. Uh, it was actually pulling down the whole fence, um, and it had like three honeycombs on the other side. If you can go to that picture, uh, I just took two off off that list. Okay, I got one off of that list. So that yeah. that's a good one. There's. There's more on the other side. They've got three little honeycombs. That was clearly a European beehive at one point because to fix my fence, I had to shore up that beehive and that birdhouse from dragging it down. And I, I literally was holding the, the, the beehive house uh, with my hand with my dad and they were coming out, they were smelling us and they'd just go back in or they'd land on us for a minute and go back, it was no big deal. If you can go to the big one, that was th those pictures were taken like right before. So my wife's like, hey, the beehive is getting out of control. I don't feel safe with it. Call somebody to get out here. And I have no clue how many bees there are, but all those little bumps there are bees. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so, you know, for, for a guy who wants his own homemade honey, I'm thinking this is great. Uh, right. Well, it turns out, this this exponential growth of a hive was a killer beehive. So Chris has on his list, get up, mow the lawn, call the guy about the bees, and then do some other things. So I get up, I start mowing the lawn, and I get attacked by a couple bees. It's not uncommon. I'm around a hive that they sting, you know, you get stings. It happens. <clears throat> um, but it, it started becoming, you know, it wasn't like one or two and they fly off. It was pop, pop, pop. So I was like, okay, my dog's in the backyard. I'm mowing the lawn. I go in the house. <clears throat> I start dealing with the, the bees that are left on me. Um, I look out the back window and the back with the the whole hive literally and you can you can literally it's like a cartoon you know how they always show the cartoon of the bees chasing people and there's that trail yeah well, that's what it was and they're going after my dog and you can they're so thick around the dog you can you can see them buzzing and darting and stinging him and i'm like okay well i gotta i gotta go get my dog but clearly the whole hive is pissed <clears throat> so I go out the front door and I will tell you this is when the mind of the battle-hardened paratrooper kicks in because only somebody of that background I think could come up with this most idiotic plan you've ever heard of um, <laughs> I opened the gate I started calling for the dog of course the backyard is buzzing so I know they're attacking him he probably can't hear him so I walk a little deeper into the backyard because 
I'm still 10 foot tall and bulletproof in my mind. Right. <clears throat> I, I see the bees. They're, they're just all over him. And they're, they're literally, the cloud is across most of the backyard. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to run out to the dog who's a good ways into the backyard, grab him by his collar, and then we'll run out the gate on the other side. <clears throat> so that's what I do. And I'm literally running this gauntlet, getting stung. I get over to the dog. I grab him, just jerking. This is my white shepherd. I sent you a picture of that. Mm. And uh, I jerk into the gate. We go haul into the gate because he's figured it out. And then I realize that gate isn't open because <clears throat> I didn't think this fully through. So, you know, I'm 5'10", 2, I think I was 215, 220 at that pound. I'd lost like 10 pounds. <clears throat> I just jump up, kick the gate open, we go through it. The bees are still following us, okay? They're still stinging me. I'm running down the street. And this is where things start, you know, this is where God starts talking to me. Because yeah. as I start running, I start realizing, you know, I've got lung damage from Iraq and Afghanistan and the sand and the dirt and crap. And so now I'm, I'm starting to have some shortness of breath. Only it's not the normal shortness of breath I'm used to. It's, it's oppressive still being stung. Me and the dog are still being stung. So as I'm running, I'm like, oh, this, this is bad. I got to get through this. <clears throat> the first thing that comes to my mind is, how old are you? I'm 40. Okay. So I'm a little bit older than you. Do you remember Rager Rick? Little magazine oh, yeah. he used to have in school. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so I'm running. <laughs> And that's probably about how bad it sounded, only probably not as fast. And um, Ranger Rick, there's this picture, you know, it's clearly Ranger Rick and his little bubble talking about honeybees. And they're like, you know, he's like, did you know a honeybee can't fly in the rain because one drop of water makes him too heavy to fly. So now, because I'm thinking on the go, I'm like, right. okay, I need to find a hose. Right. Oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to to keep going at this pace. I'm already starting to like a, a freight train kind of roll to a stop. You know, I'm starting yeah. to run out of gas, starting to get bad. <clears throat> and. Uh, I'm, I'm literally running through people's yards and it's it's almost a tenth. It's about a, just over a tenth of a mile from my house to the stop sign at the corner. It's a good little ways. I'm more than halfway down the street before I find somebody who's got a garden hose because it's summertime in Texas and you can only hand water. Right. So I go out there. Um, I get I, at this point, I'm not quite at a zombie walk, but I'm pretty effing close. Um, I pick up the hose and I spray it and it's on like full jet turbo blast, like single shot. So I change it out to a, you know, how you can make it go out to a big circle. Yeah. And for the first time, I turn around to look at the bees, which is literally a cloud. It's this massive swarm of 
black and yellow and it's it's like all i could hear since i left the house was buzzing yeah. i'm still being stung <clears throat> so i i start spraying at them as they're coming at me and they're literally flying into the water and dropping like sheets like that's oh that is the moment i realized like this is a ton of bees because as they were just dropping in sheets they're yeah. still flying over me and stinging me um <clears throat> and i was you know holding my ground as i've been trained to do um hysterically but eventually i got to a point where i'm starting to black out right so it's now it's like okay i'm not this isn't this isn't going good um, I finally collapse on the ground, go for my cell phone, start trying to call 911. Um, so I'm still still running the sprayer, you know, holding the water, and I'm laying there in the grass. And as a paratrooper, I can tell you, I have a ton of respect for the honeybees because these dudes were on a mission, right? I they were so heavy they couldn't fly. But I'm looking at, I don't know, a couple hundred crawling through the grass at me still, you know, just unrelenting. It's like worse than the fire ants in South Georgia. It's just, it's, it's ominous because it's like, I'm impressed, but at the same time, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> um, like the world's strangest thoughts running through my mind. <clears throat> um, I'm still spraying talking to 911 um i'm gasping for air like more so than i am now and uh i'm giving him my address and i'm i'm telling him hey i'm not i'm not down there i'm i'm down the road so don't go there the bees are still there i can still see them and i'm laying there and they're they're like i can i can see that they're just kind of forming this cloud to just kind of just descend on me and I'm at this point now where I'm kind of only intermittently squeezing the handle on the hose because I'm just starting to black out I'm going into tunnel vision I'm seeing spots and um, <clears throat> they're probably within about 12 inches on me and since I hit the the grass I have not seen Titan who's the name of my shepherd and then he comes running and just jumps through that cloud which that pisses him off so they all go after him and he runs off somewhere I have no clue where he ran off to <clears throat> uh, so that happens you know one more time I'm not, and I'm like and then he comes and he runs through them and they go off and I'm still, you know, I'm getting the stragglers, but that big giant cloud of them hasn't, it, it never landed on me. Yeah. But now I'm at this point, I'm, I'm gasping for air. I can, I finally got to a point where I guess I had enough contraction that I could just hold the hose on over me. And I remember looking down at my tennis shoes and I was like, huh, I did not see that coming. Like, it was just this surreal, like, this is it. I'm going to die right here in this lawn, my stranger's lawn. Right. And out of all the stuff in my life, tennis shoes, not combat boots, 
not on a jump, not in Iraq, not in Afghanistan, tennis shoes and some neighbor's lawn in my neighborhood. Right. And um, it's, it's literally completely black. I'm only seeing little points of light. I can only really cure my, uh, my erratic breathing. Memories are starting to go by. Most of them are pretty recent. And I'm like, I remember thinking like, okay, this is it. And uh, just a super quiet voice in my head that was like, I've got you. And in that instant, I went from this is that I'm going to die to suddenly I knew I was going to survive. Wow. The firehouse is like a mile from my house. As soon as they rolled with the lights on, like, Woo! like I hurt, like they're coming. A lady across the street comes out and she's like, I see the ambulance. I'll direct them to you because she realizes what's going on at this point. Um, the ambulance shows up and I'm, so my little black pinpoints, you know, flashes of light have started to re-expand. Um, the ambulance pulls up, the EMT gets out and I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, God and the devil are in the details, no, we right? Are. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer there are no coincidences. Everything happens for a purpose right. and a reason. And um, the guy gets out, he's this little five, seven Hispanic dude. Um, he's on it, he's great, but he looks at me and he's got this look on his face like, oh crap, like, Today's the day they told me about one day you're going to have to try and rescue somebody who's bigger than you. <laughs> so he comes over and he's like, because I'm, I'm talking, right? He's like, sir, are you okay? And I'm like, like at this point, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. He's like, can you, can you help me get you up? Because he's got the stretcher out. And I'm like, Okay. I guess I'm affecting my own rescue or helping. So <laughs> he gets, he gets me up. He gets me onto the stretcher. He struggles a little bit to get me in the stretcher, like into the truck. Um, he gets me into the truck. There's another guy sitting in there. He's got a polo shirt. He's got his own bag and he's just kind of looking. The EMT starts getting on the radio, talking to dispatch. Um, He's like, yeah, I've got a, how old are you, sir? Whatever. And I'm like, if you could get me some oxygen, I'll be, I'll be okay. I can answer your questions. The look of these two guys face is like your dog. When you start talking to your dog and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the dispatch is asking like, how many times has he been stung? The nearest hospital is like, two miles, three miles from me, because um, I live in the medical center of San Antonio, um, which I guess if you're gonna get attacked by killer bees, that's probably the best place. Yeah, um, nice. <clears throat> yeah so no coincidences. They're, you know, they're asking him, the EMT, hey, how many times has he been stung? He's like, I don't know, I'm counting. And then I hear him say, 
is it more than 50? And he's like, oh yeah, it's more than 50. And I can see all the little stingers in my arms. Um, and the guy, the guy who was sitting inside the bus goes, hey, I'm Dr. So-and-so. We're going to go ahead and push norepinephrine. Yeah, you caught it, right? Yeah. So he, he hits me with a full shot of norepinephrine. Okay. So now I'm starting to feel like, all right, I'm on 100% oxygen. Like I, that dude, like, tell stop. <clears throat> he closes the door, tells the guy to roll with the lights on. They turn the lights on, and we're, we're on our way. It's a short drive in my car with no lights on okay so you can imagine it's a lot shorter with the lights on we're not stopping we're you know he's barely rolling to a stop he's not stopping at lights he's just rolling the doctor's looking at me he's checking my vitals he's he's asking me questions sir where do you live i'm I'm answering all these questions it's not a problem because at this point i know i know Still got the oxygen mask on. The doc goes, let's go ahead and give him another full shot of norepinephrine. So now I've had the second one in like 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. A few minutes later, we roll into uh, University Health Center and they they get me out, they roll me through the doors and they're they're talking and they're like taking the to trauma bay one, which at the time, I didn't know what it was. A couple of my PA friends had to tell me because they took me all the way through, I'm used to the beds in the ER. They took me all the way to the back of the ER into this little room. And in this room, they have like everything, x-rays, everything they need is in this room. And they're all waiting at the door. There's the whole little team is there waiting at the door. And as soon as I come around the corner and they push me in and they turn around and get a look at me, you can just tell they're like, ah. <laughs> like, he's not, gonna, I, I just cussed. I'm sorry. You're going to have to bleep that out. Sorry. But they, you, it was like all, all the wind went out of them and they just look like they're not going to, they're not going to make it. Like they, they were telling me like, you're not going to make it. They've still got me on oxygen. My EMT's talking like, like, hey, he's got this, he's got this, he's responsive, blah, blah, blah. And I take my mask off and I was like, I'm gonna be fine, but we need to get started. <laughs> um, so they, they start getting to work. The firemen have, have followed and they've told me where they've taken the dog. They've given the vet center my phone number that they got. I guess they got from 911. Um, the, the doctors are trying to pull all these stingers out with like four inch medical tape, um, which all it really did was manscape me. I'm not <laughs> quite Sasquatch, but I, I can be fuzzy. Right. And they're just they're just ripping all my arm hair out and I can like they're doing great they've taken all my arm hair out but left probably 75 percent of the bee stings and they're they just keep doing it and I'm like ow out and I'm like it look 
just right at my feet and standing against the back wall is this kid who's in Navy camis. And so I recognize him immediately. I'm like, well, he's, he's obviously a corpsman. Why the right. F is he standing here? <clears throat> and I'm like, hey, I don't mean to tell you all how to do your job, but I'm pretty sure you're supposed to use like a sharp credit card or something to like scrape those out because the tape doesn't really seem to be working. I know they know this. Right. But it was like the first time they ever heard it. So they start using, um, this is literally the response from the lead doctor. Does anybody have a credit card <laughs> or a sharp flat, whatever? They're all wearing credit cards. They hit like name ID card. They're all pinned to them. And I'm like, really? The Navy corpsman pulls out of his pocket, his military ID. So he's like, they're, they're using his military ID to like scrape these things out of my arms and off my neck and my chest and my, my face. And at that point, the rest of them get tongue depressors. Um, and you can see their spirits are starting to pick up and my phone rings. It's the vet. So I start talking to them, understand the first thing I did when I, they rolled in was give me another shot in norepinephrine. So I've now had three in like 20 minutes. <clears throat> you don't know me, but you'd be a very aggressive person. Um, I've been known to have a temper. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on my phone. I take the call and they're like, sir, could you get off your phone? And I'm like, no, taking care of my dog. I guess nobody in this situation has ever talked to them that way because they're like, yes, sir. So I'm talking <laughs> to the vet. And the vet's like, you know, this is what we can do for your dog. He appears to have been stung a lot. Um, oh, yeah, I brought this. I don't know if you can see that. Is that coming through? Oh, yeah. That's one of the remnants they pulled off my dog. I think I wow. could probably take a good picture of that. Um, <clears throat> somehow, um, somebody notified my wife. I'm still sitting in the ER. They're still pulling all these things off of me. My wife shows up. Like they escort her and my 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 kids in. And um, just the look on her face is like, oh my God, this is it. <clears throat> which you can't blame her because where I'm at. And it, but at this point, all the doctors, the Navy corpsman that's there training, it's like, um, ma'am, he's, he's going to be fine, right? She's still in disbelief. <clears throat> and I'm like, sure, babe, I'm, I'm going to be fine. At this point, the phone rings again, and I go back to talking to the vet. <clears throat> they, they make a decision like, okay. Uh, we've gotten as many of these things out of him as we can. We've got him hooked up to IVs. Uh, we're going to wheel him out of the hall. <clears throat> and there I kind of stay in the hall for a while. Um, Mabel Corman comes out and talks to me. And he's talking to me and he's like, I don't know why I'm here today. I just finished training at the base here in San Antonio. They're going to, they're going to sign me somewhere. I'm like, dude, you're a naval corpsman. They're going to sign you to a bunch of hard charters, a bunch of devil dogs. And I'm like, I don't know if 
this is why you were here, but the next time you see a bunch of people freeze up and you've got some cognitive thought, even if you're not in charge, take charge. Because God Amen. put you in that position to take charge for a minute. So just take charge. I was like, everybody else will fall in and assume their leadership roles after that. But sometimes just getting people moving is like, that's the important part. Yep. So they, they wheel me into one of, one of the rooms. Um, I'm still feeling calls from the dog. Dog's not doing good. Um, you know, he's 80 pounds. I'm, I was 220 at the time. And my wife said, I look like I had put back on, this is how swollen I was, all the weight that I had lost. So to her, it looked like I had put on 10 to 15 pounds since she saw me that morning. And oh I was, goodness. she was like, you're as red, you were as red as a tomato. And um, <clears throat> they put me in this room. We sit there. I wait, I wait, I wait. I don't wait well. I definitely don't wait well when I can't get any information. <clears throat> um, so finally, you know, I buzz the nurse. The nurse comes in and she's like, well, the doctor's going to be by to take care of you, to, to talk to you. Have they, have they talked to you yet? No. So I wait another 45 minutes and then I stop. I start popping leads, right? Because I got to go <laughs> deal with the dog and I know the vet's coming. So as soon as I start popping leads, you know, alarms go off. Somebody shows up. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm leaving. They're like, you, you can't leave until the doctor shows up. Keep in mind, during this like four or five hours, I've filled out all my paperwork. I've done everything I need to do. And I'm like, I don't think you can stop me. And she's like, let me get, just lay back down. Let me get the doctor. And 15 minutes later, the doctor comes in and she's like, uh, sir, we want to keep you overnight. For what? And she's like, well, your heart rate's really elevated and hadn't come back down, so we're concerned about you. I'm like, you've given me three shots of norepinephrine today. <laughs> I'm already, on top of that, you've now made me wait for four hours. So if, if the fake adrenaline didn't get me jacked up, your treatment of me has really just pushed me over the top. I'm like, right. <clears throat> and I'm like, what the frick are you concerned about? Well, you could go into respiratory response or blah, blah, blah. It could be bad. You could fail. It could... I'm like, hey, look, if I have any more trouble breathing, I'll come back. I'm leaving. So she's like, oh, you're, you're serious. I'm leaving. I have to go deal with my dog. My wife has already contacted my a good, really good friend of the family, calling my little brother he's a surgical PA for the army at the time and uh we get out of there we go see the dog and he shows up and he's he's talking to me and I'm recounting everything because I'm I'm angry I don't know if it's the drugs I don't know if what I don't know if it's just God's like hey we're gonna turn him to, to 11 and just leave him there till he burns through all this crap <laughs> And I'm I'm talking to my my brother my brother-in-law and he's I think at the time he was like a svelte 165 you know still active duty still doing his PT and he he's asking me he was like what did they give you how much did they give you how many times did you get stung um 
and I, I'm telling him like as best I know, because I haven't counted bee stings yet. The wife and I haven't done that. And um, I'm like, I don't know. They give me like three full hits. I said, they give me four up and ever. And he was like, do you know how much? I said, well, every time they said it, they said, give me a full dose. Like a full. And he's, so he's like, I can see his medical brain turning. Right. And he's like, okay, wait, you said three? yeah three and he's like how fast i was like i don't know dude it was like 30 maybe 30 minutes like one every 10 minutes maybe and he's like that alone could have killed you right he's, he's like the cure might have he's like i don't i don't know how you're here so this is the first time that i was like so that was really the voice of God. I'm really part of something that's bigger for some whatever reason. Amen. <clears throat> um, yeah, amen. Because I'm still here to tell that story, and I hope somebody out there who needs to know that God can save you will. will. Like, literally, he will. Um, <laughs> I hope you don't have to do it that way, whoever you are. <clears throat> if, you, if you could find another way, that'd be great. <laughs> this experience was draining. Um, so we got, we got back to the house, the dog's still under care. The wife and I counted, um, 150 stings. Like that's oh what we could find and count. That's how many times I'd been stung <clears throat> through my head, through my ears. I was super swollen, um, taking Benadryl and, um, what, what most people don't know about bee venom is. As soon as it comes in contact with the cell, it basically just makes it explode. So when the bee venom hits your bloodstream, it just starts popping red blood cells, which is why you get short of breath. <clears throat> um, we had gone to see the dog and Titan was at a spot where, you know, he was saying he wanted to, to go out and go to the bathroom, um, whining. He's at that point he was 85 pounds. Um, and they were they were doing all kinds of care. So I picked him up, I took him outside, told him he was a good boy. They were still picking bees out of him, out of his fur um when I left him. Um and that that was I guess that was his, you know, his his warrior song to the to the next land. Like Man. I gotta I got to stay alive long enough to know he made it because she was like, he saw you, you took him out, you petted him, you put him back in the cage. We went back to working on him. And she was like, he, like we did everything we could and he was just gone. So <clears throat> I'm sorry, I think that man. was the hardest part of that. Yeah. yeah so, I'm so hey, that's rough. Um, he came to your rescue though buddy he yeah he did it was um i tell people i have two german shepherds now like y'all got some big paws to fill <laughs> yeah man um yeah, man. and I, I tell them every day before i leave i'm like if something happens to the girls and you're here and you're still alive you won't be when i'm done Cause you got one job, protect the pack. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know that sounds harsh, but uh, they do a great job of that. Um, yes. 
so that that's that that's it that did not like the voice to god was just i felt like when i heard billy say he went from not believing to believe to knowing right like he skipped over belief yeah right he he went from y'all are crazy to holy crap i've seen it with my own eyes yep and that's kind of the the thing that i remember like i i went from this is it and i'm gonna die in some strange person's lawn with my tennis shoes on and to i just knew everybody else you could tell by their response was is this dude delirious is he crazy what's he talking about um and i don't i don't know who who all needed that miracle in their life during that time i don't know if that was all you know worked together for good so that kid could get a little piece of information that maybe he took to the battlefield or something I, never seen him again i don't know and it doesn't really matter um but talking to my little brother in the days following seth's like you know 50 usually does people in he was like that's why the dispatcher always wants to know like is it 50 or more or 50 or less he goes because the last three people that have died in san antonio like were less than 50. he was like you got three times that amount and you're still walking around. I was like, well, guess he's not done with me yet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're still here, buddy, man. Yeah. So, you know, I always remember that, that scripture, you know, it's God's not hindered by saving by the many or by the few. Um, and if I hadn't gone back for the dog, I'd be dead. Because sooner or later, I would have had to go back to the backyard. And it's not like, um, I wish I had gotten pictures after the firemen went in there. And like, they ripped the fence down. They ripped the birdhouse down, broke the hive open and spread it with the stuff. And they were like, when I went to go talk to them, they were telling me the bees were so thick that they were crawling up and under their their gear to get inside to sting them. And guys like, hey, we've responded to out-of-control bees before, but he was like, I've never seen anything like this. And he's like, and you've never had any problem with them? And I'm like, you know, that birdhouse is sitting on, it's 16 feet in the air. Right. Right, that's because it's sitting on two eight-foot four-by-fours. Um, no, two seven-foot four-by-fours. So 14 feet-ish. And I, until that day, you know, I always tell my kids, I'm like, you can, you can live the most righteous life that you can, but understand the devil gets to play too. Like yep. he's, he's gonna, gonna try it. Like you guys were off at vacation Bible school. I was here alone. He was like, okay, I'm gonna make a play to break this family. Like we hadn't already been through enough, but. Yeah, um, sure. yeah he gets you where you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good ambush. So, if you want to hear more between me and Chris, um, subscribe to my Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/TheBumpPodcast. There's about another 45 minutes of bonus content of us, you know, talking back and forth. 
Some of it is related to uh, his experiences. Some of it is just, you know, casual conversation between a couple old guys. So it's it's fun. It's a good experience. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. You know, it's it's good to hear from a fellow veteran. He went through a lot more than I did, but uh, it's it's good stuff. So check out Patreon. Also, don't forget, jump on social media. Check it out. I post new stuff all the time to my Instagram account. Um, I do a lot of updates on Facebook and I've gotten into TikTok. It's a lot of fun, uh, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was something that I was just too old for. But once I got on there, I realized this is just another great platform. So check it out. For those of you that are into Discord, um, past guest William from Sasquatch Untold, he created a, a well-established and up-to-date Discord channel for the Bump Podcast. I didn't ask him to do it. He just did it out of the kindness of his heart. And it's it's pretty cool. You know, I, I enjoy it and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, William, for doing that for me. Um, so, guys, get on there. Check it out. Have conversations. I'll drop in, I'll drop in from time to time, you know, and just try to try to keep up here and there. So, if you do Discord, check it out. And for those who might be interested, there is a new group called Southern West Virginia Cryptid Investigations. Um, it's a few buddies of mine. They asked me to come in and help them out or join them. Not really help them out. They know more than I do about this kind of stuff. Um, asked me to join them and go out and, uh, check out cases, you know, sightings, reports, experiences around the Southern West Virginia area. So if you're interested in that, um, find them on Facebook. Um, if you have anything to report, holler at me. Um, you can holler at me on here or through that Facebook page, either one bump or that. Um, and I'll check into it. I really appreciate that. Um, if you have experiences you'd like to share with me, um, for the show, contact me at the bump podcast at gmail.com. You know, one, I love the story and I appreciate you sharing it. Um, I love it when people get that, you know, that direct message like that from God. Yeah. Uh, I had a guy on, I can't remember which episode it was now. It might've been, uh, I think I might've titled it like out of body experiences, OBEs and near death experiences, OBEs and NDEs. I think is what I named it. And he had uh, an experience where he heard the voice of God and it was a simple message. It was, yep. I think, uh, I think what he heard was get a hold of yourself. Because he yeah. was, you know, he was going through this big, you know, this big crazy, I don't even know what to call it, uh, vision, basically. You know, he was out like, his, his, his mind was out of control. He was, he was seeing things, but it was all like a vision he was supposed to be having, but he was getting scared, freaking out. And he said he heard the voice. I think of God, I listened so to that one. Yeah. And, and it's just something that with, with your story too, I got you. Just saying, you know, those three simple words and your whole, yeah. everything changed for you. You know, you were, you knew it was okay. So I just love the, love the simplicity of it, you know? Yeah, it was, it's, it was, you know, but it's, it's a double meaning, right? Like this is what came to me later. That was a double meaning, right? If he just said, Hey dude, today's the day. Right. He got me, right? I got you. Whether 
in my case, I knew suddenly I was going to be back or I was like, I was going to survive. But it could have gone the other way too. Yeah. And if it had gone the other way too, then like it does, I don't think it gets much better than that. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah. And I mean, I, know, <laughs> yes. I was not saying sweet at the time, trust me, <laughs> because I like I was on fire. Yeah, I don't mean to make life, man. I'm just glad you're okay. It's as I tell everybody who's ever served and or you know when civilians interact with us, I'm like, hey, when you when you hear us joking and I'm like, it's only funny because we survived. We could joke about it now because what the hell else are you gonna do with it, right? You can drag it with you forever. Yeah, sense of humor is a little off. I'm sorry, but (laughs) (laughs) don't feel bad. You're not alone. Oh, right. oh man, that's that's a great that's a great story. And if we can go back to your Bigfoot experience on the FLIR, sure. If he looked your size, did he look your size twelve hundred meters away, or did he look? Yes. So yeah. I know, like I've looked at like the average soldier, not my width, but about my height. So I know, like when you're setting out target reference points. Hey, we set that one out at 1200. I know what I look like. You know, I've, I've looked at enough FLIR at enough distance. You know, when you start zooming in and the stuff that the stuff that we were using, because that was that was the core, wasn't as nice as the stuff that when I was down in the 82nd. Right. So <clears throat> it was good, but it wasn't as good as the stuff I was used to on my toe system. That was, that was really good. Um, so even, even zoomed in, I'm like, well, that looks like me standing there or it's somebody approximately my size sitting there. And then when he said, you know, eh, I want to say it was like 1200 meters and changed. And I'm like, that's a big boy. Yeah. But what, what, what got me was the steps. Well, first what got me was Elbow to hand length was off, right? Just that was the, like his his arm was moving, elbow to hand length was off. When it took a step, it, its legs didn't move like people's legs, if that makes sense. So um, like the thing that I always remember is when that thing took that step in the Finding Bigfoot clear video right when you look at its legs its legs are almost at two perfect 90 degree angles right the back leg is bent at almost 90 and the front leg is stepping out at almost 90 yep people don't get that close we don't 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 get that i mean we kind of kick our front leg out to take a big step it's kind of more straight it's not bent um And that just the the grace and I want to call it grace. I don't the fluidity of movement. It just yeah. moved. It just moved. Yeah, yeah. They seem to glide. Um, they have a, a they don't have the the gait we have where we kind of bounce around. They just kind of yeah, glide. we kind of wobble. Yeah, yeah. It was just level head, good marching. <laughs> so that that was the first. Like, I was like, I don't know what that is, but that's not a person. And I've spent enough time, 
in the woods, probably not as much as you, because it looks like you could just drive up the road and you're in the woods, like deep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I spent a lot of time out at Fort Bragg and like I've, up until this year, I've lived at Fort Bragg longer than I've lived anywhere else. Cause I lived there as a kid and then I came back as an adult. Wow. <sighs> um, you know, it's, it's just like when I, I, I would watch Finding Bigfoot, you know, sometimes they play recordings and I'm like, I'll sit there with my wife. I'm like, that's a wolf. That's a coyote. That's a this. And every now and again, they'll play one. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Right. Like, oh, that's an owl. But I'm like, eh, every now and again, I'm like, I don't know what that was. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I've, I've heard, and I don't know what that is uh three times here at oh home. Um, oh here at the house wow in in west virginia in, in my county yeah in your county uh, yeah and there's no explaining it and you know the freakiest thing i've ever heard i've heard a bobcat you know i i ran a wildlife exhibit for the state at one point oh, wow. four, and i got i got real familiar with bears and bobcats and owls and all that stuff you know foxes Foxes make the craziest noises I've ever heard. But yeah, they sound like cats on steroids, like something between a cat and a dog. At least the ones in Afghanistan did. Yeah, and a uh, a wild boar. They sound like literal demons. You know, if if I would hear a wild boar going off at night, which I did when I went to the lake between uh, the land between the lakes, out in the Kentucky Tennessee border, we heard a wild boar across the lake, and it'll give you chills. You know, and oh yeah. It, somebody that don't know what it is you would think oh man it's a it's a sasquatch or it's a dog man or it's, it's some kind of demonic beast out there to get me but yeah three times i've heard things that i just cannot identify and uh one of them sounded just like that ohio how i'm sure you've heard yeah. that oh yeah um, it's almost like a siren or something you know and it yeah Yep. Yeah, out in the middle of the booger woods, man. It sounded like it was a ridge away from me, and I just thought, "You just stay over there." <laughs> you know? Are you born? <laughs> You're like, I'm not. I don't. I don't have a problem with you. Are you born and raised in West Virginia? Oh yeah. Okay. Why do they call it the wood booger? Well, I don't know. Um, like when I was a kid, my grandmother called it the boogeyman. You know? Yeah. It's like a. I've heard that. You know, a red-eyed boogeyman. You know, don't go out at night. The boogeyman's going to get you. I don't know why they call it that, man. And then you go down in like oh. Kentucky. You go into Kentucky and stuff. It's it's wood booger. Yeah, it's wood booger. Yeah, I don't know. It uh, seems like it's a term that's kind of Appalachian area. Yeah, I think it is. And if you go down into the deep woods, you know, you can call it deep woods, or you can call it, you know, BFE. Or you can call it uh, the Booger Woods. You know, that's just like, yeah, that's our way of saying, yeah, you're in the middle of nowhere. So it's it's his woods, I guess. You know, I don't know where it comes yeah. from. Well, he's, you know, one of the, did you watch Discovering Bigfoot with Todd Standish? They put that I, on Netflix. I have. I've watched it like three times. <laughs> so, okay. I'm glad I'm not alone. The uh, the thing that because I, I love watching the Fleer and the night vision video. Um, yep. I where was it going with this? I love how he 
he just says, you know, as good as we are with technology in our little world, they're just as good living in their world. You know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta think if you're walking around the woods naked, like (laughs) you got brambles, you got wait a minute vines, you got all that crap and they always seem to have hooks and thorns on them. I I don't know. I I don't want my favorite body part that close to anything that's going to rip or tear. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta walk with some grace for sure. And you gotta have like, you gotta have some pain tolerance, I would think, yeah, or thick some skin. super thick skin, something. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, how you liking your pack? Man, I absolutely love it. You know, right now you love I'm that rock ape. I do that rock ape. It uh, it's loaded out right now. It's out in my garage, and uh, before me and you got on the phone here or on the video, I was doing a little shared screen of your uh of your site uh i couldn't help myself i had to just go ahead and try to show people real quick i'm gonna do that in the intro video of it um, oh cool i can't wait thank yeah, you if you can't and thank you, you for mind, your audience and thank you for the time i don't mind at all <laughs> uh i just i got it up right here i, I love this right here is that we have the gear you need to survive the worst day of your life and you know that is that is so true I was I was explaining to people like this rock eight pack. I've had the LL Bean Continental rucksack. You know, I had the Camelback Mother Load. Uh, I've had a lot of good bags. I had one that was custom built for me that I just I I set them all to the side, man. This pack, this rock ape, it holds everything I need um, for for whatever situation. I like to do a lot of bushcraft hike. You know, camping. Uh, yeah. I'm really into the the primitive survival stuff but you know i'll take a, a modern pack like this and just put what i need in it and it holds everything my my hammock you know my my under quilt can go in there uh any kind of any kind of cookware i might need or whatever it's perfect for that but if i wanted to have that as just a go bag for my trunk i could i could load that down with everything i need for 72 hours and sleep like a baby you know, because I know that I'm taken care of. It it will it'll hold yeah. anything I want. It's for me, it's the perfect size. I'm a wider frame person. You know, I'm yeah. I'm six two two fifty, but yeah, I put this you on definitely my six, a double XL shirt. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I put it on my niece. She's six years old, and it. Balanced, I saw that picture. Yeah, it, it balanced on her back, and she was you know she's walking around with it, and I had about fifteen pounds in the bag at the time. And I just thought he nailed it. You, you know, this well, is perfect. You know, I had a lot. Of, I had a ton of help because the production team, um, they've been when when we hooked up with them. I guess we started working together in 2011. Um, he'd already been making packs for 30 plus years, and so he like we would talk and he would talk with my other partner at the time, God rest that business. It burned and died. Um, but I got, I got the production house in the divorce, um, or the, or the bonfire or whatever. That was the only thing I could save. And so all, all these packs are what, what was saved from that dumpster fire. Um, 
and that relationship specifically. Um, but he would just, like, we would just talk. And it was like he was, the, for the first time in his life, when he made a suggestion, he was like, well, yeah, we could use that material, but it's shit. Use this. Sorry. No, um, um, uh, he, you know, you could, you can do it that way, but this way was probably better. And so that, that little collaboration or that um, retooling of some things with the supplies and, and the, the materials that he knew how to get every crazy idea that I came up with, he could make happen. And then a lot of times he could take what was in my head and turn it into that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was like, well, you could use that or you could use this. And he, he'd had a few military contracts. Um, so he had all these relationships. He'd been doing hacks forever. Um, so materials, supplies, like he knew where to go and get it all. Perfect. And so, you know, the, the big question was when the first business was just totally dying and I was doing everything I could to save it. Um, I don't want to speak ill of my, my other partner. He, I think he had the best intentions of the world, but follow through was not. Yeah, just wasn't. Yeah, so I had to pay off pay off a pretty big uh, debt, and one of the agreements that we came to was he was going to he he wanted to incorporate the designs that we were using into stuff that he was pitching on his military contracts, and he was like, "My business needs it," um, and I. I think we can take these designs and really win these contracts. And so that's what he did. And um, God bless him for it. Cause it's, it's allowed me to take, this is the, the, I don't know if you can see it. That's oh, the, yeah. the big one where the video cut off. That's the alpha squatch. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the name. If we make it civilian, I don't know. Cause it's huge. It's got like a hundred, cubic inches of storage in it yeah i saw your eyes oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounds good <laughs> so, to, to give you an example the internal the main compartment of the yowie um, which is literally this pack but sized down a little bit this has a detachable lid that you can wear as an assault pack <clears throat> put some food some ammo some water you know things like that that's all mm. that's in it <clears throat> and um you know, if you're going to camp in one spot and go hunt another, might be really nice because you could just take that one to the to the blind. Yep. Um, but we haven't civilianized that one like we did the Rock Ape, and we haven't civilianized. Um, we just we just haven't because it's so big, right? The Yowie, the Yowie, <clears throat> that pack, which was sold to the military under a different name, but. Um, that 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 pack is it's huge and so when we first started you know i got some hey could you do this in black could we do this in coyote and i was like who's who what civilian's gonna buy this army dudes like they'll buy it they'll buy it in ocp they'll buy it in whatever color they can get it in because they're like this is so much better than my molly my molly rock my large molly this is so much better than my alice 
Um, but elk hunters, that one blew me away. Elk hunters walk up and, and the, you know, the guys who go hunt big mule deer and moose, they walk up and I know who they are whenever I'm at a show because they walk up, they take it down and they just start going through it. Right. They unzip all the pockets. They look at it. They, they flip it around. They squeeze the pads. They put it on. And I'm like, okay. And I know the next question is going to be, do you take card or are you only Mm -hmm. cash? Right. Um, because those guys never, like, they usually, they, like, yeah, I take cards. He's like, okay, how much are we putting on it today? And I'm like, well, you know, depends on the color, whatever. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Then I occasionally, if I'm lucky, I'll get a tag or just a random, you know, hey, look at the moose I killed. And in the background, kind of, you know, in the bottom right corner, you might catch a piece of my ruck. Right. Okay. Hey, as long as it's out there being used, it means people are looking at it. And, you know, I remember you said you had a a shoulder injury. Um, Yeah. Dude, for for me, I've got bulging discs in my neck. I've got compressed discs in my back from jumping and rucking and running. And um, when I was at Bragg, and the nice thing about Bragg is, just right outside base, there's always somebody who will sew something onto your ruck, even if your battalion commander doesn't like it. <laughs> um, so I, I started tinkering with my ruck, um, and I've, I've got it in my feed the day I retired it, the day it was like so far gone, I can't do anything with it anymore. You know, the color's bleached out, it's faded. Um, you know, all the different pad sets that I tried, because it had like, a Marine Corps pad set on it. It had a down east um, modular frame. And it, it's, you could literally just look at it and go, oh, okay, I see how we got there. Like you right. see how we got to these guys. Um, not the little guys, but definitely the big ones. And then he, the production team up there really just, um, just, took those those military production deals and turned them into something like hey let's do a red and black one for the fire department or for firefighters like so they can load up the bag and it's it's red and like and you go to okay i gotta get the right go bag because i'm going to work i just grab the red and black one yep um and like you said the rock ape is is perfect for that um your niece i would definitely like she could probably do a cockamore without much trouble. Yeah, and, yeah. And look easily get. It. Say again. Yeah, looking at the size of the cockamore, it looks like it'll smith. It'll fit a smaller framed person. Uh, I think they'll. I think all of them will probably fit just about any any size person for whatever they want to carry. You know what I mean? But I could see how that would be more manageable on a smaller body than say the. Well, so the the hardest thing i have to tell people is like guys your size we need more space our clothes take up more space right right so i mean people don't think about it like i yeah i can i can roll something up but my jeans still roll up to be that big right right. you know or or my pants or or whatever else and if i stick it in there that's that much space it's just gone one of our brand reps um you might have seen her she's really just teeny tiny she's like 4'11 5 foot 
she could basically put five or six days worth of clothes in a rock ape. Right. And have plenty of space because her pants roll up to like <laughs> the size of my socks. <laughs> so that that's stuff people don't think about. That's you know, when when we're talking to them, I'm not really concerned with selling you. I, I want I want people to have the experience that you had, right? So they come up and they're like, you know, I always ask them, what do you want to do with it? What's your budget? Right? Because everybody's on a budget. Yep. I mean, Jeff Bezos, one of the richest guys in the world, still has a budget. Yep. It's not like my budget. It's not like your budget, but it's a budget. <clears throat> um, but what you want to do with it, right? Because I wouldn't recommend the Rock Ape to somebody that's like, yeah, I'm looking for an everyday carry bag. I can throw some stuff in and take it to work in case I got to, you know, leave work. Right. They've been like, yeah, that's, that's a 26 liter pack for most full size adults. Yep. Get your laptop in it, get some backup battery stuff, wires, maybe a jacket, some food, ammo, pistol, depending on, you know, what you got. Yep. Um, yeah, this it's my passion. I got so tired of, you know, wearing rucks that just, you probably notice when you go wear that and you go hike in the woods, it doesn't break you down like wearing your other packs. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. It, yeah. it sits up so much higher for me. And yeah, I got I got my straps the way I want them. So I yeah. like it up, you know, but. And, that, and that's, you know, that's the other thing that's important is being able to actually adjust that frame to your body. Yes. In several and then ways. actually having real padding in your, in your straps because the little yeah. quarter inch Chinese open cell foam, I hate that. Yeah, that don't do anything. Um, it, it just looks yeah, good. It's it don't dead. do anything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you've nailed I, it with these. I liked your comment. Thanks. <laughs> I loved your... Uh, you know, it'll survive an explosion. It won't. That's false advertising, but I get the sentiment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're 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 this close to bomb proof. <laughs> that close. <laughs> I'm working on it. They got backpack body armor now, so um, we're. You know, I tell people if you want to put a ten by twelve paint in in one of the external pockets. I mean, you could do that in yours in the main yeah. outside pocket you could put a 10 by 12 and if somebody walked up behind you or shot you in the back you're good to go yep yeah i need to look into that actually because uh, uh I, I i've been looking into getting some plates just if, if the government doesn't want me to have it i want to have it you know what i mean yeah, yeah well i mean so body armor is legal it's legal in all 50 states the reason why most of these companies want your driver's license is because it's illegal for you to commit a crime with them. Right. Right. So right. they're, yeah, I mean, that's common sense. There's the whole shootout in LA. You're probably old enough to remember that. The movie Heat was based off of it. Those guys yep. wore body armor, robbed it, robbed a bank. Um, yep. That's what, that's what that's for. So I got, I got a plate, it's level three rated, so 12 gauge shotgun slug all the way down to 22 and knife that weighs a pound from a company in North Carolina. So you, that's the other thing, right? I try and do as many American made things as I can. 
yeah, just because I've, I've fought in so many wars and I've been so many places and now I'm going into business for myself and I want to put Americans to work. Doesn't mean that there aren't some great overseas products out there. There are. Right. Um, but Premier Body Armor, I like them because they're, um, they're, they're from North Carolina and I kept shooting that stupid thing and it never quit. <laughs> I put like, I put several rounds into it. My buddy put several rounds into it. Uh, other people on the range that day, because we were shooting the backpack, they put rounds into it. The range officer pulled out his 357 and he put a round into it because, you know, he wanted to have fun too. So, <laughs> <clears throat> Uh-oh, it's fixing to get noisy in my house. Kids are coming home. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's part of the reason I do this. Everyone's like, why are you wearing that earpiece when you make a video? six people in this house and two dogs everybody makes noise yep that's, that's oh. how it is here I, I had to have them turn the tv down in the living room i'm in my office it's a big office but there's no door on it you know it's like yeah you know it i'm i'm 50 feet probably well about 40 feet from the living room but you can still hear the, hear the tv in there i just so i'm working on it we just moved here a year ago so. well i'm jealous of your little office space there because this is the kitchen <laughs> Is it? Where I shoot most of my videos. Hey, that's all right. It works, don't it? It does. So I got your, I got the coyote rocket behind me. Um, I love that. I'm, dude, I love hearing stories about, you know, what the ruck does for you, how it works for you, how it works. I love feedback too. Um, we're making, we've made, two pretty good sized runs of Kakamoras and we're already talking about the upgrades we're going to do on the next version. Good deal. So it's always about improvement for us. Um, I get, I get a lot of like, Hey, why would you offer a lifetime warranty? And I'm like, well, cause if you break it, right. If you found a way to break it, I want to know how you broke it. Cause I want right. to engineer that, that failure out. It shouldn't break. Yeah. Um, I've really been blessed in my life to survive. Like I've had a ton of close calls just since starting from birth through to the B incident. Been pretty clean yeah. since the B incident, but it kind of pegged my meter. Um, careful with the table. Um, So that's that's part of where that comes from, you know, the gear that'll help you survive the worst day of your life. Because I've had mostly in Iraq and Afghanistan, I'd have to come all the way back to base and start like, oh crap, that 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 could have been it. Like right. in the moment, I never thought about it, but you know, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that, that could have been it. So that's kind of where that that comes from. I want everybody to have that that chance to survive you know something that won't fail them when they need it absolutely i, I love absolutely. your gear i love your gear thank chris you. i'm having you on here man thank you for sharing your story with me uh oh, it's been a pleasure all right that's it for this week guys i hope you enjoyed listening to the show 
If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to the bumppodcast.com, click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to thebumppodcast.com. Click the holler at me button and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.